and welcome to The Movie Brew, a podcast about British film and filmmakers. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Lester Garland. Hello. How's it going, man? Good. Uh, today we are discussing... Don't look now. Hey. 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 Laura! What on earth was that, John? It was Christine. Christine is dead, Laura. You're so sad and there's no need to be. I've seen her. My sister's psychic. You can't contact people, can you? She's trying to get in touch with us. That was Don't Look Now. Hey. <laughs> Let's just jump straight into it. What's the, what's the synopsis? Okay, so uh, Don't Look Now is a sort of horror thriller drama uh, from 1973 starring Donald Sutherland and uh, Julie Christie. And the synopsis is a married couple grieving the recent death of their young daughter are in Venice when they encounter two elderly sisters, one of whom is psychic and brings a warning from beyond. Yeah. That's kind of where we're at on the plot-wise with this film. Yeah. As to what's actually going on. It's all over the place. (laughs) There's a lot. In a fun way. This is real fun. (laughs) Because I think this is going to be one of the rare reviews where I think we've got kind of differing opinions on this. I think so, yeah. Um, I have heard a lot about this film from, like, people that are also cinephiles, like, just recommending this film to me, saying a lot about, you got, you're doing British film, you got to check out Don't Look Now. Yeah. It's, like, like, always in the top five or three of, like, best British horror films. Or, yeah. Well, it is the best British horror film in, like, those... Like, statistically uh, those, speaking. Yeah, statistically yeah. speaking in those kind of polls and blogs or whatever. Yeah. Um... And it's always popping up in those things. So I was just, I, but I've never seen it. And I've, I've always never heard, seen it either. And I've always he- heard a lot about it. Uh, di- directed by Nicholas Roeg, as mm-hmm. he said. Uh, recently, recently deceased, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I'd really like to, I really like to see his stuff as the only film, the first time that we'd either of us have seen it. Yeah. Um, does it live up to the the hype? We shall find out. I will say um, straight off the bat, Nicholas Roeg's directing and editing is really cool yes it's very interesting and it really draws you in editing i will say in this film is awesome yeah directing there are some decisions that i'm not sure i agree with are you talking about the lamp (laughs) no the lamp stays that's great that's the best the lamp shots in this film need to stay they are the best part about it (laughs) <laughs> and if you don't know, then as always, as with with some of our favorite films that we review, I'm going to post some screenshots up I'm, and on the, put them up on the Instagram because it's too funny. I'm sure I can find a GIF of that somewhere. Oh, yeah, it needs to happen. Yeah, we'll find it. Um, yeah, so that's the basically the synopsis, but it doesn't yeah. really tell you what the film's about. And the film is kind of about a lot of things. It's an exploration into grief. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's talking about these uh, how these two... Uh, people 
kind of react to each other after after the loss of their child experiencing grief how they keep together and just kind of like it's an exploration for psyche as well yeah it's described as uh like a psychic thriller Mm. um by a lot of people and i can kind of see that title like it's 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 not your typical horror film no it's not not really that much gore there's one scene that's really out of place that has (laughs) Or the focused all of the gore into that scene. Yeah, that's all of the budget. The whole ketchup bottle went on that scene. All of that ketchup. <laughs> yeah, but uh, other than that, it's just kind of like yeah, just really this air of like tense dread and just a weird atmosphere going on in the beautiful streets of Venice. Yeah, um, and yeah, there's this whole thing. But I guess before we do any more and just kind of jump into the scene should we just jump straight into the reviews so do we can... some little reviews yeah what have you got for me okay so uh i've got a few these are all from imdb and they're all out of 10 stars okay uh so I would like... are there any half stars no half stars awesome uh so i'll start with actually yeah you can guess this one as well that'd be good uh so this first one is from blau regan bogan I should have looked at that before I read it out. (laughs) Um, And the title is Red Death. And they say, So glad I can see that movie on big screen. I heard about the movie, but never see it. What a story. Also beautiful Venice. Kind of creepy after dark in this tiny streets. Plus also sex in this movie is very expanding, I must say. (laughs) Great performance of the main actors. Um... Yeah, <laughs> I guess I don't really, I don't really know what to say to that. I just, it's just like, yeah, that yeah. was a, that was a. This film, I like this film. This film exists. This film exists. Yeah, check it out. Uh, <laughs> he gave it out of five star, out of ten out stars. Of ten said, stars. Uh, yeah, I think he gave it five, six, six, six stars. Okay, well, he gave it. 10 out of 10 stars. What? That yeah. does not fit in line with the tone of the review at well, all. Well, the only thing I can think of is it sounds like he really enjoyed the sex scene that we were very uncomfortable with. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Because we were going to watch this at the cinema. Yeah, this is they what, were doing like, a re-showing of it. They were doing a re-showing of it at Duke of York's and I said to you, everyone's talk- Everyone's always mentioning this film to me, shall we go check this out? Mm. Unfortunately, like scheduling and stuff didn't really work out, so we didn't go get to see it. I'm so glad we watched this at my house and not in a full <laughs> cinema full of people watching actual real sex. Yeah. Than, like, there's some production stuff we've got to go through, but this is just weird. Yeah, we will, we'll be talking about that a lot, I'm yeah. sure. So it's a controversial part of the filming of this film, but we'll we'll get into it. Yeah. I yeah. thought Donald Sutherland was trustworthy. Well. He has a trustworthy face. Although he does play a lot of bad guys. He does, doesn't he? He plays the bad guy in Hunger Games. Mm. He plays the bad guy in the Dirty Dirty Sexy Money. Yeah. Now I know how he got that part um, because of this. <laughs> well, he's, he's Hawkeye in MASH. He's kind of like a bit of a ladies' man. What is it? He, do you think he's the look? I don't know. Because he's got quite big eyes, but he's got a bit of a, like a knowing 
look. <laughs> a knowing look. Yeah, like, like, I don't know. I imagine like, I suave, suave ladies' men type actors to, like, they, to the way you play off suave, not that I know anything about acting, <laughs> but the like the the way that i imagine people play off suave is like the the knowing looks and the reactions they get from other people yeah so i kind of feel like donald sutherland because he's got such big expressive eyes yeah he just does a real good knowing look like you're checking me out type thing it like the way i'm describing it makes it sound creepy but like (laughs) it's maybe it's a bit i don't know like it's kind of i know what you mean you know what i mean there's a few uh kind of Kind of those uh, little smirks and stuff in this film as well that we picked up on. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, in this they come across creepy for sure. Yeah, but I don't know. If I that's think the it's case just because I'm thinking the... about this film that I'm imagining it creepy. But he's yeah. like, I don't know. He he reminds me of like a nice version. It like his older self is like mm. reminds me, his older acting career reminds me of like a nice version of like the Kentucky Colonel. Like the, <laughs> okay, yeah, like because he's got like the the stark white hair and he's got a lot of like playfulness characters that he plays with his beard yeah um some tash stuff going on some great beard work he's works with some great beard stylists yeah oh yeah um i'm going on a tangent here it's like it's like if the if the if colonel sanders uh served you up like a really healthy bowl of soup instead of a yeah. <laughs> instead of fried chicken totally <laughs> um, if you're like. not sure who we're talking about and you think we're talking about keith sutherland star of 24 you're wrong we're not doing that um we <laughs> g- google it we're google donald sutherland and you'll just see who we mean and what you, we're talking about you will know but if i imagine if you're listening to the podcast you know who donald sutherland is but um anyway that guy Gave it 10 stars. That was 10, 10 out of 10 stars. 10 out yeah. of 10. Uh, so are these like user reviews? Or? These are user reviews. Cool, cool, yes. cool. Uh, well, I just, I didn't bother with the uh, critics because they're all just going to be... Gushing. Yeah, gushing over it. Yeah. Um, which will be a bit a bit difficult for me to read out, to be honest with you. <laughs> hard, to go, hard to go against your gut with this. Uh, okay, this next one is from Sephirin X. Okay. Uh, the title is... Just a load of hooey, <laughs> which is why I, know I want to why read you it. This one. Um, I don't see how this movie can be considered a classic of the genre. It was, uh, it was frankly dull and made little sense. And even if it did, the thin story was pretty bad and not the least bit intriguing. That was a one sentence, by the way, just for fun. Wow. Um, what I just watched was utter tosh. <laughs> As for the so-called symbolism, the movie tries to say things tries to be deep and totally fails at it i think this the the tone in which you've read this review i feel like this mirrors a lot of your views on the film am i right in saying that or this mirrors some of my views but in it's definitely more harsh than how i use it harsher than you think you're yeah saying yeah for sure fair enough uh i think he gave it one star or zero stars if possible i think it's just you can only do one star fair the enough. lowest you think one star? One star. Three stars. What? Yeah. So You're I, way off today. I'm way off. But I th- I'm thinking, is the reason, like, the people are like, do you think people do those ratings before they actually write the reviews or they write the reviews before they actually give the stars? Because, like, I don't, yeah, the I don't way know. I'm thinking is, like, that's someone letting out their frustration of having watched the movie. Yeah. Like, about to review it and then about to click on the stars and click send and seeing all the other positive reviews and, like, Maybe it's not all that bad. I'll think? give it two extra. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I'm actually, I'm, I, I absolutely have no idea. But 
That's how I justify the inconsistencies in the tone. But go <laughs> yeah, on. Possibly. I'd, yeah, you might be right with that. Um, okay, this next one is from Tiki Tiki Birdie. Love it. Love the name already. Great totally name. agree with whatever you say. Right, okay, without, good. Without, just because of the name alone. <laughs> you had it here first. Like, podcast over. It's done. So uh, the title is in all capitals. Wonderful. So I'm going to do like an annoying loud voice yeah, for go, it. Yeah, go for it. Uh, worst, most pathetic piece of garbage I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it says, I have no idea how this stupid film has such high ratings. Goes to show people have really bad taste. Don't believe the high ratings and skip this piece of trash. It made no sense. And I was also completely dull and boring. I nearly fell asleep about five times during the movie. Two hours of my life completely wasted that I'll never get back. <sighs> Was that all one sentence? Yes. Wow. Punctuation, well, sir. Well, he's a robot, so... That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Um, tiki Tiki Birdie. Tiki Tiki Birdie. Well, he's bad, uh, actually. I don't take back anything I said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just fully agree with it. Uh, yeah. Um, I think he gave it one star, Lester. He, yeah, obviously, he gave it one star, <laughs> for sure. I got one point. For sure. I got one point. Um, yeah, and I think that's where we'll leave it on the ratings, because it's... You, the bad ones, right? This is what sort of annoys me about this, is all the really low ones were just like, it's such a waste of time and boring. Yeah. And then all the good ones were like, it's a bloody masterpiece. Yeah. And it's like, well... This is... Can this I is, get some, like, you know... Just some balanced. Level reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> This is, I think, a problem with older films. Yeah. And especially, like, older films that have been, like, cultified and, like, like classic. People, people view it in such a, like... Uh, classic status type yeah. thing and like cinephile films is that you'll just get so many people that are just gushing over this yeah. film sometimes with great reason like there's totally loads of things that I can see in this movie that are like wow that's a really cool thing that they did oh yeah or, definitely there's loads for of- the time you imagine this came out in fucking 1973 oh god yeah what was that like a year two years before the Wicker Man whatever uh one one year i think um so like this is kind of the first sort of movie of its type yeah yeah, I mean, I've, uh, I mean, I've, because it's not really a horror film. I don't really think I've seen a film that similar to it. The only ones I would say come close to being similar to what this film does is possibly um, The Sixth Sense and The Shining. Yeah. Both have kind of some crossover bits, but it's kind of in its own thing, this film. It's, yeah, because it, it's not a horror film. It's something else. Can I make a... Um, cinephile uh, confession. Yes, that will probably get death threats tweeted to oh us. Oh my god, what are you going to uh, do? I really wish I didn't have access to the Twitter because I think announcing this on the podcast is a really bad, bad thing. <laughs> okay, not just, not just, not just for people that are doing a movie podcast, but um, just in general. So for any horror fans, I have not seen The Shining. You need to get out now. <laughs> get out of your own house, Derek. I've not seen it. Wow. Uh, well, we can do that. Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Was he count as a British director, though? Because he's kind of American. Uh, but I look- guess he's a Terry Gilliam situation where he's kind of both. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, we, we're just going to have to We might to be it. able to do it. You definitely need to see it. Yeah. It's well, so it's been good. one of like on my two watch list for like fucking ages, but I just haven't seen it. You know, the first time I saw it, um, I won't bang on about The Shining too much. Obviously, it's not the subject. Uh, but the first time I saw The Shining, I didn't really enjoy it too much. Yeah. But then uh, I kept watching it, and now it's one of my favorite horror films. 
Oh, awesome. It's one of those, like, you rewatch it, you pick up on things, you're like, oh, my God, it's crazy. I mean, I've I've basically seen it, because, like, yeah. we've all basically seen, like, the most famous the, scenes. The big clips, in yeah. The, in the whole film. Yeah. But I just haven't seen the entire film. Oh, that's good. It yeah, is good. I, I want to see it. But anyway, that's not the film we're talking about. We're talking <laughs> about Don't Look Now. England's <laughs> The Shining. Yes. <laughs> the <laughs> Venice's uh, The Wettening. Okay. <laughs> yeah um so that's that's the review portion done do you have any nice techie things for us um the only thing i kind of want to mention is i want to get back to what i was saying about the editing mm. it's really cleverly done yeah there's some really great and i'm like i'm sure not i'm sure there's some happy accidents here as well yeah um some stuff we'll get into a little bit when we talk about production stuff about avoiding censorship things and was there more meaning behind those cuts i think they're just to get around censors so what i was going to say is that the thing i wanted to mention is that to do with the editing it's it's kind of like really abstract and there's some crazy ideas in it where it goes you see certain images pop up and themes and motifs pop up quite again yeah um and it adds to the sense of dread that's going on throughout the film mm-hmm. um and certain things that's kind of hinting at certain things rather than kind of giving you any clear answers and i yeah. really appreciated that uh there are so many crash zooms in this film oh, that God, i appreciated yeah. so much <laughs> like i can just see it on this film's face it's an independent movie yeah there are some shots that they didn't have enough money to reshoot and i'm so <laughs> glad that they're in there <laughs> Like the bit where Donald Sutherland walks into a boat. Oh, yeah. And the cameraman passes him and then goes back to him. Yeah, he like wins himself on the, <laughs> on the like sort of cockpit part yeah. of the boat, whatever that's and called. And the tra- like the tracking shot, the cameraman is doing the tracking shot, like overtakes him and then comes back. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh, he fell He's over. He's like, whoops. It's like, can't reshoot that one. And he kept going. Yeah, got to do it. But, sure. um, so there's things like that. There's those like happy little accidents that I love. Uh, but yeah, like to do with the editing is those recurring themes, some really great kind of cross cutting and fading in with the transitions and stuff that I really appreciated as well. Yeah. Uh, lots of, re- lots of techie stuff that like we can kind of pick apart what it might mean mm-hmm. um, going into it. But overall, I really enjoyed it. I, yeah. I, 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 I like going into it you don't want it spoiled for you haven't seen it then i i will say that i enjoyed this film yeah it was good i'm probably not gonna watch it again not for a while no i think it's one of those films that you see you need to think about for a little bit yeah and digest yeah but it's not one i want to rewatch. would right you now. would you rewatch it with someone who hasn't seen it before i would re i'll tell you in what instance i would rewatch it if i'm studying it yeah, like okay, if I'm yeah, picking yeah, it yeah. apart with a group of people, or I'm at a film club type thing, yeah, where people are like, "Let's talk about this type of filmmaking," yeah, and how that in that instance, I'd rewatch this film. Yeah, definitely. I would not put this on for like a couple of guys, like yeah, no. or like gals or whatever, just like getting together with some pizzas, watching a horror movie. It is not that kind it's of film. Not that one. Yeah, like, no. that's not the film we're watching right no. now. And it's still great, it's still good, but just know what you're getting into before you get into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I much think it's... more of a study of a person's psyche than it is anything else. Yeah, for sure. It's not um, you know, I I don't even really want to call it a horror film as Thrill. as such. Yeah, yeah, thrillers kind of 
kind of the word, I guess. Yeah. Should we get into some scenes? Let's get into some production. Because, like, yeah, I want to kind of talk about the story, but we will save that till till we go through. I some, mean, we've pretty some... much summed up what bit of story there is in. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. Um, with the trailer in there as well, but let's get into some production stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's produced by British Lion Films, um, as well shot in. Uh, England, Scotland, as well as mostly in Venice. Yeah. Have you got any more production stuff for me that you need to... Uh, you've got the score by Pino Donagio. Yeah. I think it's Donagio. Yeah. Who was a popular Venetian singer. Dusty Springfield covered his song once. She did. Yes. I don't remember what song it was. Oh, I can't remember. Um, but there was... So... Some some people on the, who were making the film were happy with him doing it. Others were sort of concerned that he didn't have any prior film experience. Yeah. Um, how did you find the score? I found it interesting. Yes. I think that's the word I would use as well. <laughs> Sometimes it really, really works and it really helps to build tension. Like at or- the start. The start's great. Yeah, yeah. Or And even sometimes it kind of helps to kind of convey a another sort of emotion. Like there's a part where she's looking... Uh, the um, Julie Christie's character, she's looking back on her old photo of herself. And it just quickly goes into like a nice kind of tranquil sounding yeah. thing and then cuts back to creepy. And that's kind of cool. Um, but then there's other parts that were just weird choices for music for yeah. the scenes that they were in. I would... I would compare it to the, uh, in a very weird sense, to another 70s-ish Italian horror film that I love, Suspiria. Mm. Uh, The soundtrack to that is uh, made by a band called Goblin, who do this kind of weird electronic-y thing. And it's all about the dissonance of the stuff that they're playing Mm. over the visuals that you're looking at. Right, okay. And I kind of get that feeling with this music as well, on a completely different level, because it's, like, much more laid back. Yeah. It's kind of reminding me of, like, a take on, like, do you remember the In Bruges soundtrack from watching that film? Yeah, yeah. That kind of, like, low, like, uh, laid back, kind of weepy, lazy town feel. Yeah. But some of it just feels too happy. Yeah, yeah. Some of like, it comes the, in and it's like, what's going on? Like, and it adds to the creepy vibe sometimes. Uh, yeah, sometimes. But sometimes it's just like, what is going on? Sometimes, like, there's. I'm not going to do a spoiler yet, but there is a, there's a scene with a funeral and the music choice uh, that's paired up with that funeral is like a really, like you said, a very celebratory yeah. kind of vibe and yeah. it's it's kind of like a like a marching parade kind of thing. A little bit. And it's like, why is this being played now it doesn't make any sense it made sense in like the scene of the wicker man where there was the funeral type well yeah because that's got paganism in there which kind of makes it fit in yeah but in this it makes absolutely no sense they're wearing black they're on a boat yeah it was very strange it's weird it did take me out the film a couple of times while watching it so some of the music choices don't agree with them but on a whole it's it's all right it's hit and miss no um, sometimes it does a really good job yeah Though it's it's strange because sometimes it does a great job at, at you know bringing some tension to the film and yeah and it, it does make you feel things but then other times it just completely misses yeah, yeah. it's very strange. Uh, so there's some weird production stuff mm-hmm. that's gone on with this film. Yeah. Uh, it so okay so the thing that we kind of should say, as oh so it's based on a short story of the same name. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of the Daph- Daphne de Maurier. Ah, I see. Uh, yeah. Um, so 
there's, yeah, so it's based on a short story. And it was kind of like Donald Sutherland, from what I remember, and um, uh, Judy Christie mm-hmm. um, were kind of do- behind a lot of the production as well okay. as the screenwriter, from what I so from what I researched looking into this. They seemed quite, they seemed to have a bit of a hand in some of the production-y yeah. bits. Um, I remember the reading that Donald Sutherland wanted the precognition the precognition parts of it um to seem happier because apparently it was all quite dreary yeah he didn't want it to be so much of like a like bashing esp kind of thing yeah so it was like no i don't want that to happen at least to kind of at least have some positive outfits which i'm not sure that was portrayed that much and there's no i remember a lot of like positive out outlooks of uh him having that but still interesting interesting behind the scenes tidbit yeah as well um nicholas Roeg, director nicholas Roeg, mm-hmm. um sent julie christie and then to, wanted to make it authentic made them all attend a seance together yeah. um and during the seance they asked uh them to uncross their legs yeah and they incorporated that in the film in a tiny little tidbit where they tell everyone to cross, uncross their legs. For yeah, we, because you told me about that little kind of factoid yeah. before we started watching it. And then that bit came up and I was like, oh, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's literally just like the woman goes, are your legs crossed? And she uncrossed her legs. Like, and, nope. then the, and then the film carries on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't, they don't say like, oh, you can't have your legs crossed because... because. Yeah. Blah 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 the blah spirits blah. Of blah. There's blah. nothing. It's just yeah. are your legs crossed? Oh yeah, and then she uncrossed her legs. That makes That's me it. think of like that was just a situation that happened when he made them go on a seance. Yeah, and it was yeah. just like your legs crossed. It was like nope. And it was like That's it. That's a funny fact. Put that in the script. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, um but <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that, that okay. I've done enough sidestepping. We got to yeah. talk about it. Let's just let's just let's just jump get in. into the bit. The bit that everyone associates with this film. Yes. We're jumping straight into it. The controversial sex scene of yes. this movie. We we got uncomfortable. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm just gonna just get my case straight out there. I'm convinced that that was real penetrative sex happening. Hundred percent I am right there with you. Yeah. That is was uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Uh, but I will tell you some behind the scenes production-y factoids, okay. which might put this into a funny light. Okay. Um, but, and it's also, and no, not so funny because it's kind of disturbing and horrible, but, <laughs> but, but the behind the scenes reaction to this scene, yeah. first, I guess we'll talk about the scene. So basically in this scene, Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie are, um, and just kind of in between getting ready to go out somewhere. Yeah, they're going out for dinner. And they get that, the hammer shower and then they just share this like moment. And I remember picking up on it as we were watching it and just kind of saying to you, their chemistry looks really real. It's yeah, almost they're, like they're acting like a real couple. Yeah, because they've just like, um, they've just had like, you know, had a wash and kind of got ready. And then they're just kind of hanging about and they're quite sort of close to each other and like, yeah. you know, stroking each other's just arms and stuff. very affectionate with each other. And yeah. Just very, just like Believably yeah. as well. Like yeah. a couple that's been together for a while. Um, and then shit starts happening. Yeah. Um, but this film got into a lot of trouble for its graphic depiction of the sex scene in this film, which in my opinion is too long. It's uh, so long. It's too long. It's so long. It does not need to be that long. So gratuitous. So the behind the scenes stuff, 
that I that I that I read up on was that um so they were told by the censors uh in America or in, or in the the like the the British censors as well that they couldn't have any humping <laughs> yeah uh in the in in the sex scenes and so they couldn't and they couldn't show any specific things so are these there are these really odd cuts that mm. they've made that you can you you get the feeling might allude to something more yeah um so it will just randomly cross cut between the sex scenes of like them actually just going for it and um them getting ready to go out yeah po- post coital yeah but yeah. they're kind of like a bit morose and sad as they're getting as yeah they, as, they're, and, as they're going for it and i thought that was going to continue to be more of a theme throughout the rest of the movie and yeah. sadly it wasn't because that's the fa- that was the overall feeling that i got watching mm. that i, just, I was like, like this is a poignant bit and then the film carried on i was like oh that actually wasn't poignant at all yeah because you got you were hanging in this feeling of them in grief yeah at the start and then like it started happening you're like oh this is really sad i remember saying yeah. that to you i was yeah, like yeah. this is really this is actually really sad i feel like uh, feeling this like that they can only hold each other and do this because that's the only thing they can feel at that point yeah and then it just kept going yeah then it, yeah it kept going to just then, being perverted yeah, yeah and it was just like that didn't it didn't need to have that it's, yeah to get the point of what it was going across and there are tons of bits like that where yeah. i feel like this film overly sexualized its women Mm. people that didn't need to be sexualized oh yeah there's another another big one yeah. we'll get into later we'll yeah. get into later but um and then there's that the obvious shot that's fame that's apparently famous looking into this of the the act that is depicted that people had never seen before in a mainstream film yeah that's in this that's just it's i i just don't understand it i don't i don't understand why yeah. that is in this film it doesn't totally fit with what the emotion is yeah and you you said that um Brit- british like film standards uh you know authority or whoever l- left it in because they said it was kind of um you know important to the plot after they cross cut it yeah so they cross cut it they cross cut it with them getting together and then they reviewed it at a later date and then they gave it an X rating in the in the British sensory um censorships saying that they felt that it was integral to the plot. Um, yeah. I don't that, see that. Yeah. So. Well that's what I was gonna ask because I don't see that the when you're watching that scene, it's very heavy and you feel like it is going to be integral to the plot, and then it just isn't. Yeah. And there's all, it starts there's a, off extremely integral to the plot because you're hanging in this moment, you're seeing this couple grieving and then they go into it. But it's just too long and there's too much of it and it's yeah. too graphic, yeah. to, to especially for the 70s, to, yeah, yeah. to even like... To, to well, even, even now. Get back to the... Yeah, even now. But to even get to the point that it's trying to get across to the point where you, it's so long that you forget why they're even having sex in the first place. Yeah. And it just it's just like, "Oh, we're watching this now. This is the yeah, film yeah, that, yeah. this is the film that we're watching now." Yeah. It's it's very I mean, the, very the, strange. the scene that kept going up in my mind and you'll laugh at this was the scene from the room, the sex like the overly yeah, long sex yeah. scene from the yeah. room and like the track skips and they just keep going for it <laughs> and it's like 2 minutes longer and they're still doing it. It's just like, oh my god, why? Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, the production stuff. So, <laughs> this is the thing. It's been controversial because a lot of people, first of all, the cunnilingus that's d- d- displayed 
in the the shot people are just like what the fuck that was like, definitely real for sure yeah. um yeah. so what's going on there and then there's also um people weren't sure whether they were having real sex or not mm. and it was i'm too- sure like <laughs> we've, we've made our assumptions whether that was captured on film or not um but it was it was very controversial for that reason yeah. later one of the people that was on set warren bailey uh uh no warren, warren bailey, betty warren betty sorry yeah. went to after seeing the film <laughs> flew out from the uk he was he was going out with julie christie at the time and it's while they were editing this movie he flew after hearing about this um, and having uh, demanded he he flew out to the editing house and demanded them to cut the scene from the movie because he was certain that Donald Sutherland was just having sex with his girlfriend. Yeah. So he just flew out to a different country and was just like, cut that fucking cut scene. Cut that out. Um, but that didn't happen. Poor, um, poor Warren Betty's cuckold horns. And then I'm, I'm not sure who it was, whether it was Peacats or someone else, but someone that was on set later released a book mm. about kind of just their experiences and stuff and the crazy world of being on sets and things. Yeah. Uh, I need to find out what that is, but I can't remember. Um, essentially, they confirmed that that scene was real. I mean, it definitely and it was. was. Just like, that was just, they were just having sex. Yeah. And we just filmed that. And that was just really weird. And then later, Donald Sutherland and someone else just kind of denied it and said that didn't happen. And people corroborated that. Of course so did. it's a point of controversy, like whether they did or they didn't. But the, that's just. But it definitely happened. It's, I'm just going to tell you, <laughs> as a first time viewer watching that scene. Yeah. And no, seeing from other shots that were completely not as controversial as much controversial, and seeing that they could only do the take once, yeah, yeah. and like times where they just like just played it. This is very much, um, yeah, that 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 looks real. Yeah, it made me feel uncomfortable. Well, we were saying, um, kind of while it was happening, anyway. Like you know, most sex scenes in films is like you can that you can kind of tell they're like just rubbing their bellies together kind of thing you know yeah yeah yeah. the belly button Uh, this was not that no this had all sorts of it this even had a bit with feet yeah that was unnecessary (laughs) yeah didn't didn't need that yeah i didn't really need that yeah no that was really gross that was really weird i was like tarantino level like feetness i was like no go away yeah i didn't need any of that oh man um okay so we've gotten that out of the way yeah we've got the 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 slight funny tidbit out of the way of just, I just like the picture of this actor just flying across country, is, just telling this editing studio to cut up. He got scene. got. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's that. Mm-hmm. What's your, what's your opinions? What's your thoughts on the film as a whole? Like, okay. So, um, how do you mean? Like what sum it up? No, I just mean like your general feelings. Like, okay, here's how I feel about it the way it starts it grabs me straight away yeah and i'm really like you know sucked into this film um and then somewhere in the middle it just kind of lost me yeah and i think it's just there's a lot of things going on and there's a lot of kind of subplots happening and kind of insinuations of like um i don't know sort sort of like conspiracy and things like that and then you get to the end of the film and those are never tied up. Yeah. At all. Yeah. So when that ending came, there's a fucking great scene at the end, by the way. But for what they've set up, it doesn't pay off enough. 
for for me to be like, oh, that was great. Yeah. Because a lot of like, yeah, halfway through the film, I was just kind of going like, okay, this this needs to pick up now because you know it's it's like hinting at supernatural stuff. It's hinting at like this weird murder mystery stuff. It's hinting at this conspiracy stuff. There's a fucking priest who looks like he's definitely running the mafia. And it doesn't really delve into that either. It's just like, it's just surface stuff the whole way. And then it finishes and you go, wait, hang on. What about that bit that you showed? What about the other bit? Yeah. You know, coming, coming to that point. Like I, I think the way I describe it is this film meanders a lot. Yeah. It it kind of like we described a plot that happens in the film. Mm. It's not, I would say the plot. No. Because there isn't really one. It's kind of like it meanders the thoughts and feelings of the characters and displays that abstractly with what's kind of happening. And yeah. there is a kind of a very Twin Peaksy vile like feel. Yeah, for sure. Vile? Like I feel like that's <laughs> vibe. I feel, I feel like I was going for like vibe and feel. Just kind of <laughs> lost it as I was saying it. Yeah. Um but yeah, so there's a very like kind of weird, creepy feel that's going on as you're as you're watching it and stuff. But it, yeah, it meanders a lot, mm. and at some point, it just starts being a different movie. Yeah, yeah, it just switches, it and you're like, wait, hang on, what about like, the supernatural wait, stuff? We, there's only 50 minutes left of this film. Yeah. Why are we in new film territory? Yeah, what is going on? It's very strange. There are some points of it where it just feels like they they did this because it might be cool. Mm. the sex scene is one i don't think that needed to be in the film didn't need to be in the film at all um but the yeah so there's tons of things that happen in it they they did it just to do it as opposed to just kind of there might be more to it but at the same time there's a lot more abstracty shots and things and editing tricks that that i think add to the story and add to kind of the interpretation of it so it's kind of a mixed bag yeah for me um but that's kind of our thoughts and feelings Let's jump into the nitty gritty of it. Yeah. Um, like let's jump into the scenes and just talk about the things that the things that we enjoyed, the things that we didn't enjoy so much. Okay. Uh going into it. Is there anything you wanna you wanna start off with? Start off with. Oh, okay. Um so well, we've done the longest sex scene ever. Yeah. So that's fine. Um so there's basically they they get to Venice after their child's death and their uh, Donald Sutherland is restoring a church as his job, right? Yeah. He's like an architect. Um and then they meet these two lady psychics who are very creepy, and through that the whole film you're like, Okay, they're up to something. They're up to something. I don't know what. And then um sort of a bit later in the well, not even later in the film, sort of still near the first first part of it, um, the blind lady who's a psychic explains to um uh, the the wife um, that her husband has ESP but he's resisting it and that's what's going on and you know blah 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 and we need to kind of help him use it properly mm-hmm. um, so then they go and have a seance uh, the the two women and um, Donald Sutherland's wife I can't I don't know the names of either of these characters either by the way which uh, is really Laura bad and John Baxter okay thank you Mr Baxter yeah, I got Baxter and that was it. Um, yeah, so Laura Baxter and these these two uh, ladies do a seance. And, okay, they're like, what, are they like 60, these women? At least. At least 60. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they start doing a seance. The blind one starts doing, you know, her kind of ritual to start contacting the dead. And for no reason, part of her ritual is to just start rubbing her breasts vigorously. Yeah. And it's like, why is this happening? Yeah. 
why is this a choice that happened in the film? Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, is that you can't even put it to the idea that this is point of view psyche of the no. of john yeah no because he's not losing there. his mind he's not, because there. he's not there yeah it's just played out in a wide this is what happened it's just that it's just like it's 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 weird for the sake of weird yeah that's all it is yeah and it's like sometimes that works but i just feel like it's tonally inconsistent yeah i'm, I'm going out on a limb here yeah and I'm going to say that this film is tonally inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- feel like there are points in this film where it's great. There is points in this film where things don't make sense and shouldn't be in this film. Yeah. Personally. I yeah. feel that way. I, yeah, definitely and agree. It's, and it, like, I, I feel bad saying that because it's so revered and I feel like maybe I'm missing something or maybe these things meant something. But yeah. I just feel like, no, you're just like, you're just abusing your actors for no reason. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. Like, like, why? Why? Why are you why? telling people to do that on film? That's just no. And it doesn't add anything to the film. Like, yeah. why are you making that happen? Yeah. 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 Um, so, it's, yeah. So, I mean, as far as scenes go, that one stands out for all the wrong reasons, for yeah. sure. Um, there's a few scenes with, I mean, there's not like any proper standout scenes until we get to the end. Right. But yeah. there's, um, there's a few scenes with this priest who, um, who John Baxter is working with on restoring, Benicio restoring this church. Priest. He literally is. He's, he is just mafia priest. That's, <laughs> it's crazy. He's like wearing like fur lined coats with yeah. like big gold crosses and like people are kissing his rings before they leave rooms. Oh man, it's so, it's so weird. I love it. And that's like one of the things that like needs clearing up for me in a yeah. film. Like if you're going to put a character that intriguing in yeah. and then just be like, yeah, and that's just what he's like. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I need to know more about him. Like, Thank you. you ha- that guy is shrouded in so much fucking moral ambiguity. Yeah. You don't know whether he's good or not. You don't no. know whether he's planning to kill John Baxter the whole way through. Yeah. Or whether like, it's just like, he's just looking out for him. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird because there's, like you said, there's, there's a lot of subplots going on in this film, but one of them isn't, oh, this priest is, I don't know, maybe he's restoring this church in like, you know, an unethical way Yeah. for some kind of tax gain or something, yeah. you know? Like, that would have been a fine subplot because that would have kind of added to the world. Yeah, and for a film with so much supernaturalness involved, like, uh, uh, surrounding the plot, I wouldn't, yeah. say, I wouldn't say it's a, like specifically about it no but so much supernatural ideas surrounding it the and surrounding so much about the church and spirituality and religion none of the kind of priests or the religious figures in this film play any consequence towards the ideas that john or the the characters in general um have about themselves they pay no consequence you know what um you know what I felt the same thing, and you know what annoyed me about that is at uh, right near the start, this uh, blind psychic lady yeah. is talking to Laura yeah. Baxter, um, and she's explaining ESP to her, and she's like, "No, it's not like a, you know, something weird. It's a gift from the Lord." She's yeah. like, she, you know, she's like a, a Christian or Catholic or whatever. They, they all. And she's like, it's a gift film, yeah. from God, and blah blah blah. And it's like, okay, so maybe play with that in the film then. Yeah. 
There's a lot <laughs> you, of, you have all these people in here that are talking about there's it. There's a lot of stuff. There's some scenes, there's some like standout moments that I kind of want to pick out. And yeah, yeah, you know, go ahead. Because I don't, yeah. Um, because I think, I, I think like there's a lot of times where we can kind of like split off here and be like, this was wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. This there is definitely some good parts in this film. Don't get me there's, wrong. There's stuff that really stands out that I want to talk about that I've really enjoyed. So the first bit is the, the prologue, the mm-hmm. starting point of this film. Yeah. And the only part that's kind of really filmed aside from this stuff at the school that's really filmed in the UK. Yeah. And that is when they're at home and they're at the start and John gets a feeling that something's, he's just sitting at home with his wife and here they're just kind of sitting home, chilling out. They've just finished lunch, just chilling out and stuff. He's looking over some old kind of photos of this church and he notices something weird about it. And then something stains on it, whether it's blood or it's a, um, like it's a, a bit of red paint or something. I think he cuts himself, gets a paper cut, mm. and it's covered in blood. And then he starts getting a weird feeling. And then from that weird feeling, he goes out and finds that his daughter is drowned in the lake yeah. while kind of like playing out with her brother. He kind of sees it like seconds before it happens sort yeah. of thing. And it's like he's not really coming to terms or understanding with what's happening at that moment. Yeah, Th- That whole prologue was horrifying for me. Yeah, but, and the way it was shot was excellent excellent like the way that um he's like there's a bit where he's running to the pond and it shoots over to the girl in the water and it's just silent there's no audio whatsoever straight straight away really cool like bolted you into that scene yeah into the film exactly and just kind of like you're there with this character you're just experiencing grief yeah like it's just and it's unrelenting Mm -hmm. from that point yeah like the where this film works for me what what really um what really clicks with me is the depiction of grief the mm. depiction of um the depiction of uh john baxter's experience through grief and his wife's experience through grief the way that they react to it differently yeah the way that there's forms of different kind of like whether they believe each other their chemistry with each other the whole thing it's just it's great yeah that when it's about that then it's great. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so yeah, for that starting scene, I just think some of the cinematography in it, the shots were amazing, and it just it put you in the moment. It grabs you straight it away. Was, it was it was despair, like yeah, it was yeah. a visual representation of the despair of that character. Yeah, even for the time and with the limitations that they had at that point, you know, you might it think that some of the things just nails it just it 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 holds up. Yeah, and it's really it's a really horrifying scene to watch and it's not scary. It's just horrifying. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's that I've, I very much found that experience quite visceral right at the start. And I think that stands out to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are other points, uh, that I, that I've really picked out on. Um, I think one of them, you mentioned one of them, which was at the church, Mm. With um with the the mafia slashed um, yeah, mafia priest mafia priest <laughs> um not sure what his deal is no but I think the other thing I'd want to pick uh, the other kind of one I want to pick out was just their their reaction of the couples like the um the couples reaction with each other in the restaurant mm. uh and it's these smaller character moments that I'm picking out here. Because I find their chemistry, um, their depiction of the relationship and how this death has affected both of them to be fascinating. Yeah. And an extremely well done representation of how it would affect these characters. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think that's really well done. That scene where they're in the restaurant, I think is amazing. Yeah. They're, they're talking over stuff and they're just kind of talking about nothing. And they're yeah, kind of just like general small talk, isn't yeah, it? Really? But they're it's... not really there. No. Neither of them are in that conversation yeah. or listening to each other. They're just this death, this thing that's happened to them is looming over them. They can't escape it. They're yeah. in a different country. They've left their other son in boarding school. Yeah. And just completely flown off and tried to forget and tried to reconnect with each other. But they can't because they're surrounded by this, um, like, just dread. Yeah. That's just in the air in this conversation between the, the two. And they just can't talk to each other about it. They can't do anything. And it's just kind of like, it's all you can do is just kind of like avoid the conversation mm. in that sense. Yeah. And I find that was really well depicted. And then the introdu- introduction of obviously the blind lady and her sister mm-hmm. um, is played by Hilary Mason, I believe is the name. Um, but yeah, that was that was also really good. And they're just creepy from the start. They're really creepy, yeah. Like just creepy from the start. Um, and instantly you start getting vibes of like, what is going on here? Some stuff. Um, and it made Venice look really pretty. Real beautiful. It did. Um, There's some really nice uh, landscapey shots here, actually. Yeah. Really nice. Definitely. Have you got anything else you want to add? Any other scenes? Any other memorable scenes? Uh, or the, shots or things? Uh, the mosaic bit. Yeah. I would say is fairly memorable. Um, yeah. Where um, John Baxter yeah. is... They've just got some like new mosaic tiles because he's restoring this big mosaic on, on the high up on the wall of this church. Um, so he goes like, oh, I'm just going to go and compare them. He climbs up this ladder and then he gets on just the most rickety suspended platform oh, I've man. ever seen in my life. It's the ricketiest thing. And it's like, the it's the thing is, is that the priest that gives him the mosaic to kind of like measure up and like compare and look at, like that that mafia priest is already looking like he's got a plan. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he he already, looks like he's trying to like whack him. He, like, <laughs> he's, he's on a kill list. Yeah. Like he's on he's on their to go list. Yeah. But nothing but they're not doing anything. And then so he goes up on the, the rickety platform and he's about he's like looking at it and he's like comparing it and stuff. And there are the four of the laziest church worker church <laughs> workers who are barely holding on to this rope yeah. that's hanging him up. And you start seeing this imagery of on the mosaics of like eyes and a face and things looking at him. Yeah. Um, and then out of nowhere, just a plank falls down, knocks the rickety thing over and he's just hanging by a rope. Yeah. Like 20, 25, 30 feet in the air. Like maybe even more. Yeah. And just kind of swinging about. And it's actual Donald Sutherland as well. Yeah. Like there's, I don't know if there's any stunt doubles in this film. I didn't see them in the credits. No, I didn't. I didn't. That was a small crew. Yeah. Like th- that's a dangerous, dangerous stunt. I think that was all, all them. Yeah. Also, that's the other thing I wanted to point out in the restaurant when they tipped the table over and things oh, fell Oh God, over. yeah. Like that just fell on the actors. Like I could tell that was just, they just smashed the table on the actors. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> they just pushed her over onto a bunch of glasses and yeah, stuff. Man, it was crazy. Like, health and safety, dude. Just does, <laughs> does not exist in the 70s. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that film, uh, that scene, uh, the rickety scene. I'm surprised that there are not any kind of like production injury stories. Oh God. Yeah. Like, they got very lucky. Like, I think. Yeah. Um, but so, so what, what got me with that scene, right, is that thing that fell out of the ceiling and was just, like, going for his head yeah. in, like, a very, like, Final Destination kind of... <laughs> the 
that's exactly what kind it was of thing. like. Yeah. Right. So that happened. And then I went, oh, something wants him dead. Yeah. You know so what you I mean? started getting that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Not only as well that we should point out during that scene, just before he climbs up, you see in like this glare that's in the light, the lady of the blind lady's face. Yeah. Just before anything bad happens, you see one of the sisters' faces. You see faces. one of their faces. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like, is it a premonition or is that them trying to tuning in with what's about to happen? Or is that him sensing something that's going wrong? Yeah. You don't know. It's just kind of like, is it something that's the force that's trying to kill him? Yeah. But it's just, it's just a log that just falls out. It's just happened circumstance. Yeah. yeah. And it's weird because it's not explored that much more. No. And it's kind of like, maybe that's the point the film's trying to make, not to get too filmy, Possibly. film buffy and pret- pretentious about it. Is it the inevitability of that that they're trying to get at? Yeah. Like, because he's meant to be a precog himself. Yeah. To quote Minority Report. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's, yeah. Is it kind of about like the inevitability of that? That he's just kind of like gets these bad feelings, there's jitters, and he doesn't really know how to handle it or what to do about it. So yeah, it's just it's, bound to happen anyway. I suppose so. It's just the fact that that one's so, um, so like pinpoint accurate going for his face, this big yeah. thing. It's just like, it it really comes it was across super final destination. Yeah, it comes across as divine intervention. Yeah, and then Go, it, and then it doesn't take it anywhere. Going off on tangent. Yeah. Uh, do you have a particular like best slash worst uh, final destination death? Uh, it's got to be the the pool, right? The pool. Yeah. Is that is that so? What describe that one? What's that one like? The guy gets stuck on the like extractor fan at the bottom of the pool. Ah. Uh, so right. then he's like stuck there and he's drowning, and then all his guts come out the bottom and fly up into the so, poolside stuff. I'm I I'm, I'm not sure which which film it's from, but for me, it's the guy who's making himself an all day breakfast. What? <laughs> I think it's like number three. Okay. But like I'm totally going off on a tangent here, but I just had to like you brought up Final Destination. I could not remember. <laughs> Because it's like ingrained in my brain because it was one of the first like gory things that I saw on film. Okay. Um, but it was like, okay, so the guy's making himself a breakfast, leaves the gas on, and then, okay. uh, and he's like making As a breakfast. He's like doing beans, like eggs, all the whole, all, all the whole things. And then he like avoids so many deaths. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They and always he's do like, that. He's like, he like leaves the gas on. He like trips over some glass and stuff, just narrowly avoiding his face. <laughs> he like there's an explosion and stuff that happens in his house, and he's like happens to be outside. And then he gets out, ex- like avoids. He can't have his breakfast. He's just <laughs> smashed. He's smashed all these glasses. Gets off, and then he just gets down, and the ambulance is about to come, and he's on the floor, and then the ladder for the fire escape undoes onto his face. Oh, for God's sake. And it's just like <laughs> through the eyes. It's so gross. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. It's so gross. But it's just the fact that he'd almost gotten there. Like he made it further yeah, than like, any other Final Destination cast member. They like to tease you. Like they just like, And they just go, nope, 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 that's it. Oh, he's just about to get out. Oh yeah, he escaped the explosion. Nope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Sorry, what, I have to go on that tangent. I just, I just could not talk about Final Destination. <laughs> that's yeah. So that's the Final Destination scene that was in there. Yeah, yeah that's basically. the one, right? The yeah, one with yeah. John Baxter and made himself an all-day breakfast, He's making the breakfast, and the ladder hits yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, so other than that one, there's there's the, uh, I mean, the only other scene that stands out for me that I would like to talk about before we talk about just kind of general stuff with the story and yeah. things is the end scene. 
Yeah, I think we should. I think we should just jump into it. I think we yeah. should just get into it because there's there's kind of there's a few other bits and bobs. But like we said, this is a meandering film. Yeah, yeah. There's other bits that kind of I kind of want to talk about, but maybe maybe we should talk about maybe we should talk about the other scene before we get into the end okay. scene. Okay, all right. But you know the scene. I'm talking oh yeah, about. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So let's. <laughs> so okay. So at this point in the story, you like basically all you need to know is kids. The kids died. They're having trouble. They're having troubles in their relationship. They reconnect. Yeah. For too long. And then, <laughs> far too long. Um, and then they kind of things. Um, the the wife kind of um, the wife Laura Baxter seems to be after having the séance, uh, very content with the fact that she seems to connected with her daughter, mm-hmm. and it seems to have hit her in an extremely positive light. She was very disaffected before this, and now she seems content and like present and and very connected with her husband and connected with her relationships and able to talk to new people and make new friends and stuff um and then through that bit uh they're they're just reacting to this whole thing differently donald sutherland's character john baxter is kind of at this point gaslighting her i guess from a little bit of just kind of like just oh it must not be nothing like it's it's nothing you're you're crazy our daughter's dead blah, blah 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 not having any of it anyway they uh, do another seance at this point um, or something happens that they just get a feeling that something's wrong and they get a call in the middle of the night and their son has uh, had like a tumble or a fall during like fire practice is what yeah, they, they called that. it. And uh, like you just see him in the hospital and he's got like a giant bump on his head. Yeah. Um, so the mum jumps back and they're being he's at this point she's been warned about something i believe because the seance or something went wrong yeah well the sisters said like you need to leave venice yeah both of you need to leave just get out yeah um so she goes he stays Mm -hmm. um after they decided whether he can get some time off work or not and he starts seeing her around the whole town so he starts going on a mission to look out for her and find out what's going on and this is where the film takes a little bit of a crazy turn it takes a weird turn and just goes into a different movie yeah but we arrive after going through a couple of meandering plots where he goes into a hotel he goes into different bits and just kind of looks into certain areas where his wife might be and made a couple of phone calls goes to the police station and goes to this like government office I assume this like police yeah, detective. I think he's like a you know like a chief of police guy. Chief yeah, guy. Yeah. Um, and just arrives at his office. Who has the best introduction? Lester, take it from here. No, like you can describe it better than me. Is just the best entrance. We we rewound this and watched it like ten times. Like we so watched good. it about like no joke at least seven times. Yeah. It was so great. It's just a great three seconds. Yeah. So um so John Baxter opens the door to this chief of police kind of man and um there's a big desk you know there's a big map behind the desk or up on the wall of venice there's a nice window coming in it's a very luxurious grand open thing you can see a man sitting at the desk but his face is obscured by just a really big desk lamp just too big right and um as donald sutherland opens the door the man just kind of peers out from behind this desk lamp in just the most comically brilliant way that i've just it just had me in stitches because there's like a pause 
Yeah. And then it's, and then it's like a, it's like a yeah. half second pause yeah. as if he was doing something and then a sideways poke out. It's kind of like, uh, you know, like those little sort of stupid infomercials that you used to get when they they kind of like <laughs> pretend to do something and they turn to the camera and go like, oh, I didn't see you there. It's like the <laughs> Old Spice commercial, but yeah, like yeah, in yeah. Italian. But, like, but <laughs> trying to be serious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah totally. Uh, so great. It's It's amazing. We'll find a gif of it for sure. Oh, we need to find it. And if not, yeah. we need to make it. Yeah. But it's great. Um, but yeah, that guy in general is just super creepy. And everyone in this town is super creepy. So this is another thing that I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. It's just another weird sub story thing yeah. that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. The whole town is like clearly in some sort of conspiracy, right? And they're have keeping we been it watching too many hush. cult films, or is it, or is it just? I, oh, do we like suspect everyone? They're or, definitely creepy, or is everyone just really creepy? And then he gets that fucking detective guy to follow him around, yeah, and that doesn't go anywhere, yeah. And it doesn't help that the chief of police detective looks like across, like I described this to you, <laughs> across between like Fredo and Dr. Frankenstein. He's super creepy looking. <laughs> like, Italian Fredo slash Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. Like it's, it, he's just really short and anonymous. But, but seriously, like all the government officials are super like shady and like Hotel obvious about owners it. are super shady. Yeah. The priest is super shady. They're all in on something. Something's going on. And the film never a, tells you what. There is a wider conspiracy. Yeah. And we know nothing about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I want to know what that is. The secret Venice society of killing people. Well, this, I, I really think this film could be like three different films. Yeah, totally. And, it is and then three it could, different films. It could at one least explain all of it. Bloody porno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so there's yeah, there's the whole conspiracy thing that just never gets just so much of it doesn't get answered yeah. for me. It's and there's the too action much. like kind of mystery subplot where he's like getting yeah. chased and you think he's getting chased by the killer, and it's like turns out it's just a detective that's just like checking in on him. And then it doesn't go anywhere. No, because like the detective catches up with him and then goes into a hotel yeah. and calls for him and or no, just kind of checks in with someone. And then he just runs into him. He's like, murder squad, police. Yeah. He said, just come with us to the station. So Why weird. did you creep around and follow him? Yeah. What was that all about? No idea. Yeah. Um, well, I guess the other, only other thing we should mention at this point before we jump into the last scene is that he ends up getting the blind lady arrested uh, because he's describing these weird interactions that he's had with her after he's seeing his wife mm-hmm. in Venice and worried about her because he's not seen her, even though she told him she was flying to England yeah. and not to worry. But anyway, I digress. Oh, you and see. but what we need to talk about and one last bit yeah. as well before we get into the end scene is that halfway through the film... They just in they introduce a serial killer subplot as well. Yes, <laughs> just because there point. wasn't enough subplots. There was there was not enough subplots, yeah. and then it's just it's weird because his wife has already left at this point. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. She's already gone. She's already gone. He's just walking around without. And priest. he's walk, he's just said goodbye to her. He's walked around without a priest, and then they're just like, oh, it's that serial killer again. And then we yeah. look to each other like, what Wait, serial what? killer? What yeah. serial killer? <laughs> like, they're like they're pulling a body out of the canal. I thought we were talking and, about grief, not yeah. serial killer mysteries and the, the priest just goes like oh i hope it's not that serial killer again yeah like uh, okay yeah all right sure sure Fine. mobster priest okay i think this is the other sub this is the other subplot other film that's going on beneath the film oh, jesus is that it's the it's this the 
the mob priest is organizing the serial killings for like but for for what means religious families <laughs> just warring against each other in like a in like a serial killer romeo juliet style okay. there is so many films that this film is about <laughs> i don't understand it all yeah. Um, yeah okay so we've got that i think they're up to speed yeah pretty much i think so right we're, we're ready to jump into it yeah so the one other thing that, that we should probably mention which is a very big recurring theme in this whole thing is they're haunted by the image of their dead daughter yeah uh in a she, red raincoat she's in a red mac the color red i wanted to point out has a lot of significance in mm-hmm. this whole film uh we see it in the blood on the picture at the start we see it on the red mac uh, we see it across lots of like certain important people wear that color to like signify something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely a lot going on with the color red in this film. So they see her running along with a red Mac and they just kind of get haunted by this kind of presence and they just see a kind of giggling and they think it's the, they think it's the daughter. Yeah. So one night, after uh, not finding his wife, taking the blind lady back home and uh, kind of sorting everything out, John Baxter starts believing the seances that these people are having. Yeah. And believes that someone's in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, so he runs off and follows the Red Mac lady. Yeah. Um, or uh, not, I say lady, it's a child. Um, and kind of goes and chases them off, almost steals someone's boat, who gets very angry. Yeah. Was he an extra? Was it actually someone that was they were just stealing their boat? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's it a low-budget film. Yeah. Who, who, happy accidents. What's going to happen? <laughs> Here's where we get my favourite shot, where the cameraman's uh, tracking Donald Sutherland jumping between <laughs> boats, and then John Sutherland runs into the edge of the boat and just kind of like stifles it. Oh! And then the cameraman overtakes him and hides it very quickly by coming back to him. Uh, that was one of my favorites. That's a good one. Uh, but anyway, uh, he chases chases this kind of like little red hooded character all across the streets of Venice, mm-hmm. hopping over boats, getting over to the places, and then they go to uh, a gated area. That's super creepy. Yeah. And then yeah. he locks himself in. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell was that all about? Not sure what that's all about. Especially as his wife appears flying back from England at this point. Yeah. Everything's fine with her other yeah, she's son. she's like chasing after him. And she's chasing after him. And he locks him. See, right. You think the- about how loud he's stepping chasing after this character. You don't think his wife, who's like running around, Laura Baxter, in a huge high heels, running around for him, think would make as much noise? You don't think he'd pick up on that sound? Yeah, I think I would. Yeah. Okay, so... The, the the other thing with this film is it does a lot of that kind of stuff where it's like you know he locks the gate behind him and it's like why would he do that and i'm sure a lot of people would um you know say you know kind of explain it away with a you know frankly fairly pretentious kind of thing but you know i'm all for metaphors and double meanings and stuff i love all that stuff but it has to be a metaphor that makes sense within the literal version of the film as well. Yeah. If he's just walking through somewhere and then just locks a gate behind him and then keeps going for no reason, that's not a good metaphor or whatever it's trying to do. That doesn't work because it doesn't work in, you know, the literal film that you're watching. Yeah. So, you know, it can have a bunch of different meanings apart from that, but if it doesn't work there, then I don't don't think there's a little meaning behind it. I'm not sure if there is no, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure you'll find people, um, 
talking about it, he'll be like, well, actually, Tarek and Lester, he locked the gate behind him to signify the blah, blah, blah. You know yeah. what I mean? But no, if it doesn't work in, in the literal film, then you don't get a second meaning as well. You know, you're not allowed. Sorry. That goes for all films. We're looking yeah. at you under the skin. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I, yeah, I just don't understand it. Don't no, I? No, no, no. And then, okay, right. Here is the point where the film has gone from taking a drastic turn to, or like, being one thing to like a full 360 180s so weird it's done it's done the tony hawk 900 it sure has it's like spun three and a half times yeah and has just like gone into a completely different film he chases down this red hooded character Mm -hmm. goes all the way through the creepy steps of this old abandoned church with like dry ice everywhere yeah and you've already got this kind of weird creepy music that's happening at this point yeah one of the points where the music's like just right it's oh like yeah the music creepy. in this bit is really good uh, it's super good and d- the creepy characters like like the hooded figure is just kind of running running and it gets to the point and you said blair witch because it was like the hooded oh, figures in man. the corner yeah, yeah, yeah. they're in the, the they're in the kind of like 18s just kind of like huddled over and he's like are you okay is everything okay and he's like trying to talk to her in italian is everything all right uh, and it turns over and out of nowhere, like out of nowhere, it's just like a, it's a, it's a, it's a dwarf lady. Yeah. It's a dwarf woman. Disfigured who smiles and shakes her head just really ominous, om, ominous, ominously, ominously, <laughs> um, ominously. Yeah. And ominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominominomin
that's that little shape comes up a lot comes up a lot throughout this film yeah the color red yeah the eyes faces looking at them the way the editing works like these questions it's not like it's not they're there to dissect you can study it and you can look at it and you can analyze it yeah yeah and you can come up with your theories but the fact of the matter is these are unanswered questions mm-hmm. that have no bearing on the end of the story yeah unless we're talking about it as this person's psyche and he's losing his mind he's going mad yeah that's the only way that any of this makes sense but then that even gets explained away inside the film yeah with the the with the you know addition of esp that he's having and yeah. things it's not and, that's and that brings thing. it back like, to supernatural which doesn't is get explained it supernatural or is it just bad preparation and bad judgment because he doesn't re- react to the things that are happening to him in a supernatural way it no he seems to like he but, doesn't have anything no he just he thinks they're real around him though that's the thing because like yeah. he sees his own funeral happening but he thinks it's just them on a boat going past him right that know? makes sense that bit of that bit of uh supernaturalness i can understand that precognition yeah that's the big bit yeah for sure like that's the big his big bit of and esp then, and then the red person running around is yeah just, that's the killer yeah but so I guess maybe it's him like confusing he can that see with his own fate, I guess. Yeah. That's the only thing, but he can't see it for anyone else. So then what's it got to do with sending his wife away? I don't know. Why didn't he just leave? These questions are unanswered. Yeah. If you know, and we, we're not, we're saying something that you already know about and you've studied this and you like, you love this film. I'm, I'm sure there's people just hating us right now. Educate us. <laughs> please, please. Because I liked it. I loved it. I thought it was great. I did, Well, I wouldn't go as far as I loved it. I liked it. Yeah, I was very intrigued the whole way through. You're intrigued? But then it just didn't wrap anything up at the end. Yeah, it was just, it was just those questions I was left with. Yeah. I want someone to tell me what this film's about. Yeah. And I feel like that's what this podcast was meant to be. But I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, kids. We got no answers <laughs> Can for you. Can do it. Like... Sorry, guys. No, no podcast this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No podcast this week. In, in the words of Jablinski Games. Yeah. Um, like it's just like they were answered. It yeah. is meant to be abstract, and it's meant to get your own conclusions from it. I the bits of this film that I love, kind of wrapping this up and kind of making our drawing our own conclusions, our own themes. Mm-hmm. I the bit I loved about this was the depiction of grief. That was the one takeaway that I thought was uh, was fantastic. Yeah, that is. Uh, I would say I probably haven't seen it done better in another film. Yeah, it's really really good. The depiction of grief was uh, it was it was it was heart wrenching. Yeah, and it was real. Yeah, a lot of this film, to a fault, I think it's real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, so it's yeah. Those it was it was it was it was a real depiction of like just grief mm-hmm. uh, that I could I guess where I would only rival in like films in horror films that have recently come out like Hereditary. Like I yeah. loved how grief is depicted in that. Loved being a weird adjective to use or <laughs> for 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 that. But um, but yeah. So I think I th- I think it's great. I think it's weird and it has these kind of weird abstract elements to it, mm. but I don't, I don't think it all works. I, yeah, I no. I think it's worth checking out and it's worth looking at. If only that it's an original British film that we have covered not many of things like this that have been groundbreaking in the way that this was. Definitely. You know, in the cross-cutting way in element of it, 
the kind of thriller aspect of it, the psychological aspect of it. In that sense, it's very influential and very cool. Yeah. Um, enjoyment, I'm not sure. I'm going to say, I think I'm going to give it a gr- green tea. You're giving it a green tea? I'm giving it a green tea. It's yep. a 5.68. It's our middle, our middling rating. If you're not sure what we're talking about and you don't understand the rating system, I should probably mention <laughs> this is all up on our Instagram. If you check it out, there's a full chart of our rating system you on there. Check, check and you can see out. all these ridiculous ratings that we've come up with because ratings don't mean anything and we just find it absolutely yeah. hilarious. Why not save it as your wallpaper so you have constant reference? <laughs> <laughs> Why not tweet? Why not make this your Twitter photo of just a rating system that makes no sense? Uh, but anyway, we describe green tea, our middling rating, as a good standard tea. You can drink it anytime. Yeah. I don't personally agree with that sentiment. I I couldn't watch this film anytime. Right, yeah, yeah. But it's a good film. Yeah, but you can get a middle mark. And I will appreciate that it's a good film. I'd even go stretch as far to go to the one above, Chai Latte, a cheeky treat with a bit of spice. Yeah. There's a lot of spice in this film. It's so, it's, <laughs> some of it lasts too long. <laughs> but some of it's a bit too long. It's, it's definitely cheeky. It's definitely cheeky, I'll give it that. But I think it's somewhere in the middle between those two ratings. Yeah, okay. For me, I think it's really good. I think it does some really cool experimental stuff. But some of it just doesn't work. So you're probably looking at about really like a 6.5. Like a, like a 6. Yeah. Like a, yeah. just a standard six, but that doesn't exist in our rating no, system. No, no, that would be silly. That would be silly Why would to we have, have a that? six. So we're just somewhere in between a green tea and a chai latte. Yeah. So that's that's where I am. Okay, I'm yeah. Probably more green tea, probably more middling. It's a middling review. Fair, fair. For me. Um, so for me, yeah, this... See, it's weird because I really enjoyed the first half of this film. Yeah. The second half, I felt really let down. The last shot, I thought was superb. Um, and then it just doesn't wrap up. So I'm very like on off, on off with this film. Yeah. Um, I would say, I think it's something that it's a film that everyone should see at some point. Like it's very, um, it is very groundbreaking. Glad we watched this. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, it's it's very, there's so much to talk about with this film. There really is. Um, I would, I'd recommend seeing it, but not for the reasons I would usually recommend seeing a film. Yes. You know what I mean? be like watch this it's brilliant and really fucking annoying at the same time yeah um so for me i'm gonna give it a white tea which is 4.26 whereabouts is that on our scale 4.26 and the caption is never tried it but i heard it's nice oh that's that's the that's the yeah that's the kind of just below green tea just below green tea that kind of third third just under the middling review yeah uh type thing 4.26 that's a good that's a good one yeah, yeah. I, I because i think you know what I, at, at some point i may watch this film again yeah but i will i will be just as frustrated with the stuff that doesn't get wrapped up in it yeah i'll be frustrated with it all over again and go what about the fucking italian conspiracy with the mafia priest <laughs> right what's going on <laughs> um so yeah yeah uh, the things that it is hard for me to get over the things that frustrate me about this film. Yeah, same. And it's I appreciate what you're saying here because it's the same thing with the production of it mm-hmm. and the to the directing style to writing wise and plot wise. The story threads that don't get tied up is the same to the production and directing that's the way some of the actors are treated in a, I can see in a demeaning light. Like there is no need for some of the things that happen in this film, other than to just kind of 
take advantage. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a bit gross. Yeah. And I, I don't I don't agree with it. So I, I find it difficult to kind of put that aside. Mm-hmm. And I would I would like to study this film and rewatch it in a more critical light with a bit of understanding and a bit of time to kind of digest what's going on. But at the same time, I don't think I can get past those yeah, those no. initial visceral flaws yeah. that I've that I I don't agree with. And I can see it on so many merits and I understand these gushing reviews because for the time it's groundbreaking. Oh, and that's gotcha, why yeah. these films get such positive reviews because for the time, you know, there wasn't stuff that was happening like this. You know, it's a it's a psychological thriller. Right now we have loads of those. Yeah. But like at that time there wasn't really anything like that. This isn't before, like we said, before the original Wicker Man, where cult crazy stuff was happening all the time. Mm. But this this did something wholly unique. Yeah, and that definitely that deserves praise. Whether it merits all of it, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think. Um... For a low budget thing as well, like oh, achieving stuff like this on a low budget is amazing. Like being able to do anything of this. Oh, level. for sure, yeah. But like, like hype, so hype, and nostalgia constraints. have come into the ratings yeah. a lot for this film. Yeah, I feel, I feel that way. Very much so. Um, but it's like it's good, and I would like you say, I'd recommend people check it out. Yeah, just, just try and like prepare yourself. Yeah, definitely watch it for sure. Watch it. Um. I you will would, you you'll yeah. feel something from it for sure. Yeah. I would um I would compare this movie a lot to Suspiria in the watching experience of like the the, the original version mm-hmm. to um to the watching experience of of watching that film because you're you need to prepare yourself when you watch a film like that because it's not your standard horror film. Yeah. It's not your standard thriller. You're going into something that's wholly wholly unique and you need to kind of get yourself ready for what that means. Yeah. It's an art house thriller film. It's an art house horror film. So that in that sense, watch this film, but don't expect your standard thrills and horrors. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not like that. It's much more about just grief and weirdness. Yeah. Don't get, don't get sucked in because you want to watch a supernatural film. Yeah. That won't, it won't do it for you. Ain't that, <laughs> ain't that. Uh, well, yeah, I guess that sums up our review for uh, Don't Look Now. I think so. Yeah. So thanks for tuning in. Hope you liked Dongle Sutherland. <laughs> Dongle Sutherland. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess next week we're going to do something quite interesting because I'm really excited about a film that's called Blinded by the Light that's really com- that's going to come out soon. Mm-hmm. That Springsteen movie we're really excited about. Yep. Directed by the director who made... One of my favorite inspirational sports movies, Bender Light Beckham. Uh, so next week, we're going to do Bender Light Beckham. A boom. Uh, in anticipation for Blinded by the Light. So uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very excited because you've not seen it before, have you? I haven't seen it. Um, I'm oh, not man. like, I, yeah, I'm not sure how I'm going to find it because I'm not big on football. Oh but man, we will, we'll see. I'll probably like it, and I'm very excited for Blinded by the Light. Two things so. that this podcast has been. Dire in dire need of is inspirational sports and rom coms. We are meeting <laughs> those two straight up with this next film. Yeah. So we've done too many dire movies right now. So I need yeah, to introduce yeah. some romantic comedies straight in there. And next week we got it coming up. 
Very so good. That's going to be good. Uh, I guess to w- one thing we should mention, if you want to reach us, if you want to get in touch with us, if you disagree with our takes on Don't Look Now, abs wholeheartedly, and I'm, I'm sure, sure you you're out there. <laughs> I'm sure you're out there, people. Uh, reach out to us. Let us know what you think. Tell us what we missed. Like, yeah, pl- the please. theories and themes in this movie that we missed. Or just agree with us and say you had no idea what the fuck you just watched and it was just <laughs> weird. Um, uh, you can reach us on Twitter uh, at the Movie Brew, Instagram at the Movie Brew as well. Uh, we've got Facebook set up, the Movie Brew, uh, the Movie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for longer stuff, maybe you want to send us some hate mail hey. um, for, uh, or just questions and stuff or stuff that you want us to talk about on the show. You can email us hello at the Movie Brew.com. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have that i think that's all the social media stuff i should say more often thank you to forest fire creations for making our artwork Mm. and thank you to jake brett for doing our music Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's that's pretty much that's pretty much all it for the shout outs uh but yeah get in touch with us oh and rate and review us please do it really helps uh that'd be great the more the more reviews and stuff we get, the more we can focus on it and the more you can listen to. So give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> As for that, we'll catch you on the next episode of the Movie Brew where we bend it like Beckham. So excited. See you later. <laughs>